lovelies. Welcome back to another episode of Test Talks You Through. I am so glad you are listening. I've got some great letters today, some hard-hitting stuff, and um, some advice that I think will help people. And I want you to remember that if you need advice, if you need help, if you need direction, if you need guidance, I am your person. Just email me, Test Talks You Through. I'll spell it out now. T-E-S-S-T-A-L-K-S-U-T-H-R-U. So many letters. At gmail.com. Test talks you through at gmail.com. Pass that email address around. Email me. You don't even have to email me with a question. You could just email me because you feel like chatting. I love chatting. You get it. I love talking. That's why this is called Test Talks You Through. I've had a lot of coffee. It is a wonderful thing. So glad to be here. Thank you to Hearsay Studios. And um, I'm just going to launch right into these thoughts I've been having about the letters I received today. There's, um, there's something toxic about both of them. You'll hear. The word of the day from Miriam Webster was abominable, um, worthy of hatred or disgust. That's a strong, strong word. And... Um, you know, I think you'll see the content of these letters maybe warrants some strong words, but I just love that abominable was the word today. I love to think of a snowman that is worthy of hatred or disgust. I don't want to meet that snowman, but that's all right. Um, let's just dive in. Here's a letter from a lovely. Dear Tess, I've been in a dating slump for quite some time. I'm a 36-year-old woman. I've never been married and I have no kids. I recently went on three very nice dates with a man I met online. For the fourth date, I decided I was ready to get physical with him. Unfortunately, I started my period that day, but decided that I would maybe just make out with him and see what happened anyway. When I arrived, everything was fun until we started making out. He started choking me during our makeout session. At first, I assumed he was unaware of how rough he was being, and I moved his hands out of the way. The second time he tried, I told him I was not interested in this kind of thing. Then he tried again. During this makeout session, he also tried to put his finger up my butt. I told him I was not interested in that either. When I disclosed to him that I was on my period as a way to indicate I was not interested in sex, he asked, well, can you take care of me? I ended up giving him a blowjob for so long that my mouth became tired and then I ended up jerking him off for what was literally an hour. I know this because I ended up looking at the clock. And when he finally came, he said, don't worry, you'll get better at this. The second part of the night after all this was done was actually really nice. We cuddled, we watched TV, and had a really nice conversation. He kept reassuring me that he likes me a lot and wants to spend time with me and is not solely interested in sex. So he's asked me to go out again for the next night and spend time with him through the weekend for a date out on the town. I was so upset by the sexual interaction, but I still enjoyed spending time with him and like him when we're not being sexual. Should I go out with him again? Wow. Oh, wow. First, I am so sorry that you had um, what I'm going to call a really bad date, maybe even an abominable date. Not that we describe dates like that um, when we're just chatting with our friends, but yeah, wow. 
Okay, I have a very simple response and a really lengthy response. And I want you to hear the lengthy response, okay? When I'm reading the details of your date, I'm like, oof, ah, eesh. There's a lot of emotion going through my mind. And I've got to tell you, you're being um, very lenient, which is nice. You, you want to think the best of people. I can tell that about you already. You're like, oh, shoot, did he accidentally choke me? I will redirect that behavior. A- and you did. Good. I'm glad. And, um, oh, he was not receptive to that. And then further attempted to anally penetrate you with his hand. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's a little strong for a first makeout session. It seems a little aggressive. Um, Obviously, he's testing the waters. Obviously, you're letting him know that's not for you. Proud of you for letting him know that is not for you. Disappointed in him for not um, really respecting that too much. And then we get to my least favorite part, which is where a person presumed that you owe them something for time spent. Like you made it very clear you were not ready for what I call CIC sex. That means cock in cunt. Just, you know, so we're all on the same page. You made it clear because of your period, you weren't interested up for CIC sex. Cool. And then this person acts as if you owe them. Well, can you take care of me? Um, wow. Again, the word abominable is just like, here with me. Um, (laughs) this person does not deserve to be quote unquote taken care of. And, um, and then you like, really, wow. You really, um, gave a lot of effort here. (sighs) Huh? So, um, yeah, I'm, um, I'm sorry about your really bad date. And then you actually ended up having a good time with everything that wasn't sexual. So I, uh, I appreciate that you could see the good. You could see the silver lining. Again, I hear that there's hope in you, which I love to see hope in people. This is why people date, right? Because they still have hope. They will find a connection with a person, um, have intimacy, all that good stuff we want from relationships that make us feel good. And it sounds like you got some of the, some of the stuff that makes you feel good in a relationship or in any kind of um, interaction with a person you want to be romantically involved with. Good. Glad to hear that part. However, I'm seeing a two-face kind of situation here. Now, I'm not a comic um, or action movie person, but um, I'm going to drop a reference. Like, that's definitely a character from Batman, Two-Face. One side of his face is, like, super handsome and, and, and played by a handsome actor in a movie whose name I don't remember, but it might be Aaron something. And then the other half of his face is, like, um, abominable like really gross. That's what you have here. You have a guy who's saying all of the right things, you know, cuddling. I really like spending time with you, reassurance, compliments, all that good stuff. We all want that. We all love that. We want to give that. We want to receive it. It's wonderful. And then we have his other side of his face is the really scary part where you're like, Ooh, what? No, can't look at that. And I fear for you that this is the tip of this iceberg. Um, 
So this is that's my lengthy response for you. There's a lot in there to unpack and process. And mostly I just feel sorry for you. I'm like, I regret this for you. And simultaneously feel so bothered by his audacity. That's that's the word I will use here. Um, and then my simple, my simple answer is no. I would not go out with him again. I do not believe he deserves um, your time or your effort. So get back on get back on the online dating because there is there is someone out there who will not choke you when you try to make out and um, won't be degrading and won't be abominable. Now we have another letter from a lovely. Hi, Tess. I need you to talk me through something. To give you just a bit of background, my sister and I are in our 30s and our dad is in his 70s. Our dad is a retired businessman who now works full-time for a very large, very conservative church. He teaches kids, does hospital visits for the church, you know, general good work stuff. I honestly believe he believes in doing this for his soul and not for the recognition, although I'm certain he also appreciates the recognition. My sister and I know my dad very likely has sexually harassed women. He's this sexual comment-making, waitress, ass-grabbing guy, or was until it wasn't okay to do it in public anymore. When he was in the corporate world, he only hired women for secretary positions. Quote, women get pregnant and quit end quote, my dad told me when I was six or seven. Frankly, I think my sister and I both breathed a sigh of relief when he managed to retire without being sued. He would have deserved it, but he's also my dad, and I still love him. If he had been sued, I think I would have been 75% sad for him because he's my dad and 25% short schadenfreude. Mm -mm, that's not how you say that. Schadenfreuden? Yes, I think that's how you say it. Schadenfreuden. <laughs> because he fucking did it. Okay, so here's the problem. My dad has Twitter. It is in his full name with his picture. He doesn't use it much. A few weeks ago, I noticed he liked something that seemed odd. So I looked through his liked list. It was literally all posts from Donald Trump, the Pope, and a handful of porn links going back to 2015. And he obviously has a kink for Latina women. Could have gone my whole life without knowing that, Dad. He obviously has no idea the likes are archived. I called my sister and was like, dude, dad's liking porn on Twitter. What do we do? And we both decided we were going to pretend we never saw it. Of course, if someone from the church sees, he knows a crap ton of people, it could be really embarrassing for him. He works a lot with Latina women, not in a coworker way, but in a ministering to kind of way. I do not want to have that conversation like, hi, dad, I saw your porn. Also, I kind of feel like if his life of objectifying women has led to public embarrassment, that's kind of his own fault. On the other hand, it's not harassment, it's porn, which is not in the same bucket, but kind of feels like it is because of his history with women. I talked to my husband and he feels that it's not cool to not tell him. He feels there is a way we could notify him without telling him we know. For example, telling my aunt who could pretend she found it accidentally. 
My husband argues that it's just porn. He's an old man who is probably using Twitter as his only porn source. And it's our job as the kids to save him from technological ignorance. We found out about this a couple weeks ago, but I just checked Twitter and there's another porn link from last week buried in the Trump tweets. So the collection is still growing. Help me, Tess. As adult kids, do we mind our own business? Or as adult kids, do we have the responsibility to save our parents from themselves? Oh, sisters, you you have a lot to think about here with your dad and his porn liking archive on Twitter. Yeah, that's public. We could all learn something about our um, technologically challenged parents if we were to go through their Twitter archives, right? Yes, we could. And it would be um, embarrassing. And it might show us things as it, as, it sh- as it showed you that you don't want to see. And that's the the punishment for spying on our parents on social media, right? Or anybody, bosses, anyone, this could happen. What's really amusing to me right now is this was the only letter I received about a dad and his porn, but it is literally the second story I have heard this month about a dad and his porn. So um, that's like um, a theme. It's the winter of dads and porn. Maybe every winter is the winter of dads and porn. I'm not, I'm not going to go down that um, train of thought. Here's what I will tell you. I think you could easily bring this to his attention without ever addressing pornography, Latina women, impact on the community and his image of being discovered. I think it could be brought up in a very casual manner where you just let him know that things people like on Twitter are archived. And hopefully he will make that connection himself. You don't have to even lay it on very thick. I mean, I don't, I don't know your dad. Maybe you will have to lay it on a little thick. But I think in casual conversation, you could even use yourself as an example. Oh, wow. Um, a student I work with, a, a friend that I have just met, let me know she could see something I liked on Twitter a few years ago. That could be brought up as a way to let him know that that does exist. Because you're right, he's technologically challenged. I got to tell you, I kind of like the way you're like, well, this could be his just desserts, as it as it were. Um, that word, Shaden. Oh, man, I swear I was going to say it right. Schadenfreuden. I, I'm pretending that is correct. I'm saying it with confidence. Schadenfreuden, because he fucking did it. Direct quote from you. Love it. Um, yeah, sometimes we want to see people really get what is karmically coming to them. And I don't resent that for you at all. If that's disdain that you hold for him, well earned, okay, then put it out of your mind. So I do think you could very openly and casually let him know that this technology exists, but I do not see it as your responsibility. So letter rim. All right, lovelies. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Test Talks You Through. This is literally a dream come true for me, something I've been wanting to do forever. I'm so grateful that you're listening. I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity to do this. Thanks again to Hearsay Studios. Here's the email address again, 
and I'm going to spell it out a lot for you. It's testtalksyouthrough at gmail.com. Get ready for the letters. T-E-S-S-T-A-L-K-S-U-T-H-R-U at gmail.com. Pass that around. Um, tell your friends. Um, you could even write in for a friend. You know, they're not ready to get advice. You write it in, and then you give them the advice that I gave in the form of a lovely podcast. It's everyone wins. Thank you so much. We will talk soon. Don't live a life full of distress. You can clean up this mess. Just get advice from terrific tests. This has been a production of Hearsay Studios. Wait, what?